Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Let's open our Bibles. Matthew chapter 6. We've got a couple of scriptures. I'm in the New King James. Jarena, thank you. Praise the Lord. Good to be with you on this family night. Amen. Greetings. I'm, a, I'm the guy on the announcements. I'm just playing. I have the privilege of leaving, uh, leading the worship ministry here and um, absolutely a joy. Masking Minister Micah just to stay for a little bit and I also asked him to have a song ready for the end. Um, um, so if you don't mind, let's get into the word <clears throat> and I'm just going to let you sit, not to be disrespectful to the word at all, but I'm not reading a whole lot and um, <clears throat> don't really know where we're all going. So <clears throat> let's go for it. Matthew chapter six and verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things shall be added unto you. Go to Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. <clears throat> Just a quick fast forward. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. One more time, verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now, um, turn to Psalms, chapter 10, verse 4. Psalms chapter 10, verse 4. Sorry, I need some water. I'll try not to knock that over. Psalms chapter 10, verse 4. The wicked in his proud countenance does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. The wicked in his proud countenance does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light upon our path. Lord, I know you want to do something unique tonight. You spoke that to me. And so I pray that you just do whatever you want to do. Holy Spirit, come and open our hearts. Reveal our hearts. Lord, I thank you for the word that was preached this morning. I thank you, God, for the word that came this morning to bring revelation to people, to open people's hearts. Now, I ask, God, that we would go deeper, Lord, even as we prepare for this fasting and praying time. Lord, that we would know you deeper. I pray that we'd understand spiritual things. I pray that tonight, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to husband, to wife, to child, to the single mother, to the single father, to the single person, the youth, the young adult, the widow. I pray, God, that you would speak to every one of us tonight and Holy Spirit I pray that you would reveal even as I speak tonight Lord you reveal to each one of us individually God things that need to change things that need to shift I pray that you would reveal to us individually what you want to do and Lord many times while I sat in these services and had someone preach you were dealing with me on the inside 
even on a totally different topic. Holy Spirit, you do whatever you want tonight. I pray that our spiritual imaginations would be enlightened. God, that today the craving of your presence would return to those who have lost it. I thank you, Father, that you know all things and that you hold us in your hand. And so I pray, Lord, do what you want to do tonight. You be praised in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to talk about letting God in. About letting him come closer to us. And pursuing him. To let him rearrange our lives however he sees fit. Um, not to put restraints on God. Not to put God in a box of past experience. Not to put God in a place of, um, I don't even know if I'm going to say this right, but in a, in a, in a nostalgia way where, where we hear a song and we remember a time where God touched us. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but only having that kind of an experience is not what I'm talking about tonight. I'm talking about new experiences where when we begin to think of the things of the past and the times where we experienced God and he brought us close and we sought him and when we sought him we even we put our effort our time our energy our money everything into seeking him and God rewarded us even though that's not why we did it God rewarded us you know those those moments in the past where we experienced that. I'm not talking about just only thinking about the times in the past, but I'm thinking, how can I experience that now and in the future? And I want to ask you, do you hunger? Do you thirst for God? Do you crave His presence? I don't plan on getting too excited tonight, although anything's possible. And I, I feel, and you probably sense, it's more of a sober moment and more of a pliable moment where God can do something on the inside of you that nobody on the outside prodding you or telling you with man's wisdom could make that change in you but the kind of thing that only God can do and so tonight you know I, I was I was really I was I was praying and I never want to just come in here and fulfill this little slot of time that we call preaching or teaching and not that Pastor Daniel or anybody else just does that. That's what I love so much about this church is that anything can happen. You know, um, but I really desire for God to do whatever he wanted. Amen. And, um, you know, I was thinking as I was praying and God began to just, you know, because we asked the Lord, God, show me what, what you want me to share tonight. Or show me what you want to share when I have to preach and as I began to pray and just soak in the presence of God, he began to re uh, remind me of some times when I was younger. Younger. I'm 30 years old. Um, you know, when, when I was growing up, I was raised in a Christian household. My uh, father and my mother, some of you know them. Uh, my dad's gone on to be with the Lord. But you know my mom... She's been here a few times, but when I was growing up, um, I was raised in children's ministry. I think Pastor Kirsten came along. I don't know where I was. I was probably about to move into junior high, but then I wasn't allowed to go to junior high because uh, my, my parents didn't trust the new junior high pastor, which is actually like, he was like still being refined. He's actually Dr. Gannon. <laughs> I know that's kind of funny, right? And like, uh, 
So at the time, my parents were kind of like, so I like, you know, I got like held back. You know, you get held back in school. I got held back in children's ministry. And I think that's about the time you came along or something like that. But I was raised in church. You know, I was, I was behind doing the puppets. I can do puppets. I, I mean, I, I can't do Harry or whatever the guy's called. But. And uh, I, was, I was raised in church. Um, you know, but around, you know, 14, really, it started long before that. You know, when I was young, I, I, we'd go play in the neighborhood, and I remember going over to my Jewish friend's house, and uh, he was my, I think he was my only Jewish friend ever, but um, just so happened his parents were at work or whatever, I remember going to his house, and um, just thinking of memories that took place where, where sin began to creep in, you know, that was the first time I watched uh, pornography, is uh, the pornography was in the dad's um, closet. And, you know, those times where, you know, sin crept in, the enemy knew what he was doing. And, um, you know, I grew up, I was raised in church. I mean, I was in church every time my parents went to church. We were every week we went to church and we were raised to fear God, Amen. to read the word of God. We memorized scriptures. I went to Awana's. I, 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 I went to every, every Sunday school and yet, 14, you know, I think I was seven years old. I had my first cigarette. Um, 14 years old, I was drinking. Um, 16 years old, I was uh, doing things that was just, just stupid, really, just dumb. Um, when I was 17, introduced to marijuana, I mean, I was going to church. I remember, I remember sitting in the back row of the cathedral in Maui, sitting in the back row, having gotten drunk the night before, and I, still, I can still smell the alcohol in myself. And I remember Pastor Colleen, our senior pastor, coming and wrapping her arms around me and just loving on me. You know, surely she smelled the alcohol. I mean... I don't know how it all happened, but my senior year of high school, um, you know, it's, it's not a mistake, but when I got set free, it wasn't fake for me. Because I was lost. I wouldn't consider myself necessarily a... a, a the prodigal son, although there was a moment where I came to myself. My mom didn't even know what was going on. I was such a good liar. I would, I would go to school and be a sailor. I would cuss. Every other word was the, you know, you just say whatever you want to say. You know, and then I come home, it's like a light switch. I just flip it. And I don't, I'm just so self-controlled. I could not say one single swear word. Some people, you're like, oh, sorry, I couldn't get. No, it wasn't for like that for me. It was like, light switch on, let's swear it up. Light switch off, I talk like a Christian. You know, my mom didn't even know. I got saved and I said, mom, I did all this stuff. And she was, I mean, poor mom. <laughs> Seriously. I remember standing there and I told her all the things that I had done. Man, I, she held it together. I'm sure she wanted to go weep somewhere. But when I got saved, it wasn't fake. It was real. Amen. Shortly after that, I, I went into uh, Bible school. I went into KSM. And uh, I remember times where I, um, we, we just had like this crazy schedule. We joked around and said it was more like slavery. It totally wasn't. It was practical ministry, and it was absolutely no regrets. No regrets. We worked our brains out for Jesus and learned to sacrifice for him and push beyond our flesh. Let me tell you, that you need to learn to do that. But I remember coming home from long days. I'm sure you guys remember. You know, long days that you guys couldn't get rid of us. I mean, I used to sleep on, you know those plastic tables you buy from Costco? I mean, it was so hot in Maui. My favorite place to sleep was on top of one of those tables. 
I would just like, I'd be so tired for early morning prayer at 5.30 a.m. I would just go find a table because it was cold. I would just sleep on it. I mean, we were exhausted, but I remember those days where we just worked our, our brains out that totally was practical ministry. Like, I mean, we learned to work is what I mean. Obviously, there's moments of rest in ministry, right? But we learned to work, and I would come home from long days, and uh, my friends would go and flip on a movie, or they'd go and get on their Xbox. And I remember what I would do when I come home from those long days. I didn't get to spend time with Jesus like I wanted to. So I would get my hoodie on. It was cold up in the mountains cold it was like 60 degrees give me a break <laughs> it was cold then all right i would get my hoodie on my hoodie josh johnson's walking around 20 degrees in slippers and i would go outside and i would just stand in the grass and look up at the stars and just talk to my savior I would just spend time with God. I would just slip away. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody else wanted to watch a movie. They were exhausted. They just wanted to veg out. And I just remember God just calling me. Just come away with me. Those were my favorite times where it wasn't like, you know, I was standing out in that grass. You know, it was like right where you guys live is across the street. I'm sure you guys could smell our hot pockets cooking and our chimichangas. We hate horrible. And I would stand out there and I wasn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't need to feel anything. So many times we go to God's presence expecting to feel goosebumps or have our hair stand on it. And he does all that. But it's just seeking his face, not expecting anything, but just wanting to love on him and letting him encounter you. I remember those moments. They were so pure and so sweet. They changed me. They changed me. Just slipping away to be with my God. I, I remember the days where I'd go to, we'd go pool hopping in Bible school pool hopping. If you don't know what pool hopping is, is you go to the hotels when they're closed at the pool, they're closed and you go and we got this, I want, this is really bad. I shouldn't be saying this. I'd, there's this one hotel that had a slide that was just straight shot all the way down and like the water would empty out at the bottom but there'd be tons of water so you land you wouldn't get hurt so we'd grab a towel and wring it you know get it in the water and then wring it out so the slide would get wet and then we'd go it's pitch black it was the most fun okay so don't do that but I remember I remember we'd go pool hopping and I was actually at a friend's pool this time but I remember one time witnessing to this lady and she was like you know, she was pretty hard-headed or whatever. She was like telling me that she only believes in the red letters of the Bible. I, but I remember those days. And um, I, I just, I couldn't wrap my head around the, just the red letters because in order to understand some of the red letters, you have to read the black letters. You know what I mean? I just couldn't wrap my head around that. But I remember that night going home and just devouring the whole book of Revelation just because I was so stirred up. I just wanted more of God. I remember times where my friends would, they'd come over, they'd come over to my house to watch a movie and uh, we had this theater room. I know some of you guys got theater rooms. We had this theater room and it was, it was like, it was awesome, you know, surround sound, whatever. They'd be playing Xbox or watching a movie. And I remember this one time where I'm just like a horrible host, you know? I invite friends over and then I slip away to go be with Jesus. You know what I'm saying? But I went up, you know, I would just leave my friends and go up and spend time with God. I mean, you guys ever heard that song, Goodness? You are my goodness, you are my grace. So it, it's, it's a song that I ditched my friends and wrote that song in the presence of God. Me and God just loving each other. And he drops this thing in me, and it's just a love song. It was never meant for anybody. Never meant for anybody. It's for me and the Lord. Just so happens somebody heard it, and they're like, oh, you should do that at youth group. And then, I don't know, whatever. But I remember those times of just slipping away. 
not consumed by a movie. That's not even what I wanted to do. I mean, I'd be watching a movie that I originally wanted to, but something was wooing me. Something was calling me. It was drawing me away from my friends, from what I intended there, drawing me away from I remember times where our friends would get to, you know, when I was, when I was unsaved, we'd go to the beach and we'd make fires and we'd get drunk. But when I was saved, my friends would get together and say, hey, let's go have a fire and we'd worship. When's the last time you called some people over your house so you could pray and worship? I just thinking about these times where, I mean, those moments marked me. Times where God just, he does the same thing now. He just woos me away. And thank God I work for the church because I can leave work and go and just sit at the piano and just worship the Lord. I remember coming home from high school doing the same thing. I, I'd come home and no one, would be, no one would be home and it was my favorite time. My sisters were at school. They were kind of irritated anyway. And I would just sit at the piano and I couldn't really play. I could play like three notes at a time and I, was, I would just push some fingers down and just worship. I remember three fingers just weeping in the presence of God. Because those are the moments that were special to me. The moments where I just got to spend time. You, get, you guys know what? I, you guys got the, your own experiences like that, I'm sure. And they're probably rolling through your mind. What happened to those moments? What happened to those moments where instead of choosing our friends or choosing our relationships, we chose Him? Hallelujah. I'm not talking about church. I'm not talking about Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. God bless you. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a daily understanding of when God is pulling you closer. Where he's tugging on you. Does he have that with you anymore? Because we get so wrapped up in life. We get so wrapped up in our children and our, and our spouses or our work that we can't even sense that anymore. We can't even feel when he's wooing us or have the freedom to walk away from it. And I, I'm not saying you should neglect your family. Please hear me. I hope you all hear me what I'm saying. But I guarantee you that God didn't stop calling. He didn't stop pulling. We stopped listening. We stopped answering the call. And, and I don't say that out of condemnation at all. But I, I know. I know that I don't want the only experiences that I have to be ones of the past. Where the times I weep, I look back and I just begin to cry because of how sweet the presence of God was. I want it to be yesterday, not 10 years ago. We sang a, a, a song, you know, a little, a little ditty the other day, a little tagline, taste and see that the Lord is good. I mean, when's the last time that you craved his presence? When's the last time you craved to be with him? You just couldn't wait. You couldn't wait to do nothing but just sit there and let him speak to you. Do nothing but just sit there and wait in silence if it is. Because that's how much you love him. That's how much you want to be with him. That's how much your heart beats for him. You know, I, I almost asked Minister Micah to... To the, do this song, it's called I will pursue you, I will pursue your presence I almost asked him, asked him if he would do that song tonight Well, he did it anyway As I was standing over there, I just began to smile I was like, okay, I'm on the right track But the verse, it says, strip everything away Strip everything? Some of us don't like being naked. 
And I don't mean our clothes. I mean, we like our distractions. Don't get me started on our cell phones. Oh, you're not going to like me after this sermon. My wife's already looking at me in the back over there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you, Minister Abel. You know, something unique happened to me. And, I, you know, whatever, I don't care. I'm going to say it anyway. I went fishing at a, at a creek this last summer. It was August. It was right before we went on our mission trip. In fact, it was the day before we went on our mission trip. And um, I walked over some creeks and we went fishing and we saw a bear so I took my phone out of my pocket we had to walk through water that was about you know almost to over my waders and I'm not telling you where I went <clears throat> the fish were everywhere they were like oh there's your fishing I, I didn't mean to talk about fishing but there's your fishing the fish were like I mean they were the biggest okay they weren't but I, there was a bear, so I took my phone out of my pocket. I ended up walking back through the same way I went, and my, my phone was in the outside of my jacket this time, and my pocket wasn't zipped up, so water got in. And I'm like, I get, my, I get, I get to the car, and I'm like, oh, no. I watch it short out in front of my face. Anybody ever done that? You just, like, you just see it short out. You dropped in the toilet or something, and I'm like hitting it, and water's coming out. I'm like, oh, Jesus, no. Where's the rice? Now I need rice for the love of God. And the most amazing thing happened. My phone wouldn't charge, well, it, would, it wouldn't charge past 5% for a little bit. And um, so I could like, I could hardly use it. And then it would charge to 100% and then it'd die within two hours. So I, like, you might have seen me for the like, last couple months walking around with like, a cord hanging out. That was my charging cord hanging out from my portable charger, hanging out from my pocket so I could function just a little bit. You know? and, um, but it was the most wonderful thing that happened is that I was forced to not have my phone for a little bit. And um, I realized something that I get really distracted by my phone. Like so much that, I mean, it's like, it's like a habit. You sit down on the couch, there's people in the room, and you just pull out your phone and just begin to look at it. I mean, there's not even a reason why you're looking at it. You know what I'm saying? There's not even a reason. There's not even a single reason why you're looking at your phone. You don't even care about what's on Facebook. You don't even care. But for some reason, you pop the app open. It was a beautiful moment where I realized that my phone is robbing me of every relationship in my life. I mean, I'd go to parties, and during this time frame, my wife like made me get an iPhone the other day, and I'm, I have 30 days to consider it, all right? Pray, pay a repackaging fee, and I get to give it back get an android no that's that's satan no I, i'm i'm totally playing they're awesome paperweights anyway i'm but i i'd sit at i'd sit at i'm so sorry i if we need to talk if you're offended i apologize they're great phones Um, I remember going to a party while, while this was all taking place and um, I just got an iPhone recently but from the time that elapsed to me getting a new phone I went to a party and I didn't have my phone because it was, it was dead um, it'd do like this every two weeks it would only charge to 1% and then die so I'd like it to send a text message real quick and then in the middle it'd die and I'd be like ah so I'd charge it back, and they would come back on, and I'd see the next text message, and I'd go to text, and then it'd die. So i just give up, use my computer to type it out. Anyway, uh, can Androids do that? iPhones can. Anyway, uh, so I'm sitting, can we get to the story? Come on. 
So I'm, I'm at the party. I'm at the party. I'm just sitting there. You know, I'm enjoying the presence of whoever's next to me. Um, and I look around. And you know what I saw? A bunch of people on their phones. We're in a room filled with people that we love and no one's talking to each other. How can God get to you past your phone? I mean, I know you don't want to hear that. I know you don't want to hear that. But you need to hear that. Your kids can't even get your attention. I mean, I just got this phone. My, my daughter's so funny. It's embarrassing, but I'm going to say it anyway. I just got this phone and I'm really, you know, I used to be a really good listener until my second kid. Now I got the man syndrome or something where you just, you just like when you're doing one thing, you can't hear the other thing. But occasionally I can still do it, you know. I mean like texting and I can listen at the same time, you know. And my daughter, she, I'm texting somebody and it's important. It's important, right? And um, I'm texting and my daughter says, Dad. And I go, yes, sweetheart. She goes, Dad. Yes, sweetheart. Dad, can you look at me? She wants to look at me in, my, in her eyes. She wants to know that I have, that she has my attention. I know you don't want to hear it, but your phone can rob you if you let it. And for nothing more, I tried to lobby that I'd get a flip phone. I'm totally serious. I have 30 days. I haven't made my decision. My wife thinks I have, but I haven't. Because you know what I realized is that I have a lot more time to do stuff that I want to do and love on my children and love on my wife and love on other people when I don't have a stupid device in front of my face. Sorry, that's a bad word. I should not say the S word. My apologies. My daughter would say, Dad, that's a bad word. <laughs> What's in your way? What's keeping you? What's holding you back? Is it a boyfriend? Is it a girlfriend? Is it your computer? Is it your workplace? Is it your leisure time on Netflix or Hulu? or YouTube, or Facebook, or Instagram, or Snapchat, or whatever's next, until we get a grip of ourselves and say, these things really are not important if they rob me from what I really want, which is my God. Amen. Hear me. There is in, of, in and of itself nothing wrong with all those things, right? But when's the point that we draw the line and say, you know, this is permissible, but not beneficial. Where do we say, if something is really robbing me this much, is it really worth it? I mean, honestly, I've sat across the table from a few people who dealt with pornography that they primarily look at it on their phone. You best be careful with your children and their devices. Their primary use is their cell phone to access that type of material. And I say, hey, you know, if that's the thing that's keeping you locked up in that, maybe you should get a flip phone. So far, not one person that I've suggested that to has gotten rid of their phone. And they're still in the same bondage. I mean, if your right eye offends you, if your hand offends you, if your cell phone offends you, cut the sucker off. What does it take? What does it take? Does it take a catastrophic event in your life to wake you up? To get your attention? To now you start to seek God? To now you start to pray for two hours a day? 
Does it take a death in the family or a loss of job or a blow up of your engine in your car for you to say, God, I need your help. God, I want to be with you. God, I need you. Does it take that? I don't want the moments that make me weep because the presence of God was so thick when I think about them to be 10 years ago when I was in Bible school. Oh, the good old days. Forget the good old days. How about now is the good old day? How about now we taste and see? How about now we seek and find? How about now we knock on the door? The wicked man does not think about God. How much during your day do you, I, I, I told myself, I, I, I said I wasn't going to get excited. I'm getting excited. How much do you think about God during the day? You think about that quiet place? I'm not talking about your coffee cup, your nice espresso that makes your little moment, but it's my time with God. Okay, I'm not bashing it, but maybe your love of coffee is why you're there and not really the presence of God if you always got to have a coffee to sit down with Him. Man, I'm stepping on some sensitive stuff tonight, and I'm preaching to myself. I just got to have the right amount of crema on top. I'm speaking somebody's language tonight. What does it take for us to get in the presence of God? What does it take for us to really make a change in our life? I mean, we're about to step into 21 days of fasting and prayer for those of you who choose to do it. What does it take for us to shift things in our life? Or are you going to let God still remain in that box that you've made of him that God you can reach me in these moments in these times you can reach me at church but other than that I don't really think about you I'm about done some of you are happy about that might start talking about some other stuff like smash brothers or no I wouldn't do that pastor Kirsten I wouldn't do that. Can you throw up? I'll oh, forget it. Psalms 10 verse 4 says, we read it in the beginning, the wicked in his proud countenance does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. I want to think about God all the time. Would you stand on your feet? Uh, um, Daniel, would you go to the drums? We're going to worship in just a moment, even before we close. I mean, normally we stand. Okay, listen, normally we stand and it's like, okay, thank God we're done. Um, Minister Mike is going to lead us in a song. I just, I just want to worship for just a moment. And I want, to let, I want to let you talk to the Lord. And then I'm going to do a salvation call. We'll close in prayer and we'll move forward. Okay? Minister Mike, go ahead, man.
search your heart tonight is that really how you feel are you willing for the Lord to undo things in your life so you can see him so you can have him strip everything away Come on, lift your hands to heaven. Close your physical eyes. 
Without you, Lord, I can't live without your presence. Has opened my eyes. Search me, search me, as I can't live without your presence. I can't live. Cause I can't live without I can't live I can't live without Hoping Open my eyes All I want to see you Lord Search me inside Cause I can't live without your presence I can live without you so we reaffirm our love for you we come once again, Lord, not wanting to live on the experiences of past times, but coming, wanting to experience you afresh. Lord, search our hearts and see if there be any wicked way in us. I pray that in the power of your presence, God, like gold, you would refine us and that the impurities would rise to the surface that you may take care of them. I pray that we would not be so busy that we can't rest in your presence. I pray you'd reveal yourself deeper and greater than we've ever experienced you before. want to be with you just want to be with you oh I just want to be with you oh I just want to be with you to know you to love you sit at your feet to sit at your feet and rest in your presence to know you more to know you more oh we have so many things find you the more I find you oh, the more I love you the more I seek you the more I seek you yeah, yeah. the more I find you more I find you, Lord. 
your feet drink from the cup in your hand and lay back against you and breathe and feel your heart beat and this love is so deep it's more than i can stand because i'm there i want to sit at your feet i want to sit at your feet Holy Spirit, come overwhelm me. And overwhelm me. And Holy Spirit, come and overwhelm me. Overwhelm me. Oh, Holy Spirit, your feet from the cup in your hand lay back against you and breathe feel your heart beat this love this love is so deep it's more than I can stand I'm melting your peace it's overwhelming oh thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Revive the craving within us. Revive that passion for your presence, that zeal for your presence. Oh Lord, forgive us for not heeding your voice, for missing those moments where you wanted to meet with us, to speak with us to show us things about our family, to show us things about our workplaces, to show us things about your plans and your futures for us. We commit, Lord, to answering the, the call. When you woo us, Lord, when you, when you draw us, when you say, come away with me. Oh, Lord. There's nothing like your presence. There's nothing like your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Let these next 21 days just revive something in you. 
Let this time of fasting and prayer just revive something in you. Restore things in you. I bind the works of Satan that would rob us from your presence. I bind distraction in the name of Jesus. I come against the powers of darkness and I say you don't have your way any longer. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know if you feel the presence of God, but I'm enjoying this right here. If you're not saved in this place, you're maybe like me. Maybe you were raised in church. You just don't walk with him right now. And maybe you've never went to church until tonight or anything in between. Maybe you're you have a hangover or maybe you just have a problem lying but you know that if you were to die tonight you would not spend eternity in heaven and I know there's a lot of people that are saved here but if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior make him your Lord and Savior tonight by receiving his free gift of eternal life he came and paid an ultimate price he was the propitiation the satisfaction he paid the price for you and I so that we could spend eternity with him if you're not right with God get right with him tonight we're all gonna repeat a prayer together if you know you need to get right with the Lord get right with him Amen. why don't we all repeat this after me it's not just the words, it's the heart behind it. Once you repeat this prayer after me, say, Dear Heavenly Father, please forgive me for everything that I've done. I know you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Thank you for paying the price for me that my sins could be forgiven so that I could have eternal life. I believe in you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you just one more time lift your hands to heaven? Holy Spirit, I trust that you've done the work tonight, Holy Spirit. And for those that needed that, Lord, I pray that you would continue that work and I pray Holy Spirit that you would just recharge refresh rejuvenate hearts even people that are discouraged people that are discouraged about the times where they went to seek your face and they felt nothing they heard nothing they sensed nothing we just come against that deception in the name of Jesus there's nothing wrong with you Keep seeking the Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would hear your voice clearer than we've ever heard it. I pray that we'd sense your presence so strong in our homes, on the drive to work, in our cubicle, wherever our workplace is. We're a stay-at-home mom with a hundred kids who tear the house apart, I pray that in the midst of the chaos, they would sense your presence, Lord. You would lift the burden of expectation. Your presence would flood our homes. God, that our lives would be centered around you instead of just making snippets of time that we can honor you in. God, that we would center, we'd put you in the center and our lives would revolve around you in your presence. We'd allow worship to be played in our homes instead of Netflix all the time. Amen. Jesus, Holy Spirit, and all the stuff I didn't say tonight, I hope you covered the ground. I know you cover the ground. I know that you work on people's hearts beyond anything I say.
So I pray, Holy Spirit, cement it. May it be a life commitment. Not just a diet, a spiritual diet for 21 days. A fad. Let it not be a fad, Lord. Let it be a lifetime commitment. I thank you tonight for your wonderful people. Bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen.